Hello, everyone. Welcome to Smoke the Podcast, episode 20. Well, it's, it's been a while. Been a long while. <laughs> How have you been? Good. Uh, <laughs> tired, but good. How have you been? Um, I've been all right. 2020 has been a doozy. I think it has for everybody. Episode 20, 2020 yeah. edition. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, do you know how long it's been since our last podcast? I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess November of last year. That sounds about right. I don't know. I can look up on our on our uh, <laughs> Instagram and see, or actually, I can look on the Apple Podcasts and see um, while you run down with uh, run down kind of what we're gonna what we're gonna do today. Well, uh, we're gonna not have a cigar this one. Okay. And uh, we are gonna do some Jack Daniels. Old number seven as our whiskey. Okay. Um, in honor of my grandfather's passing yeah. earlier this year, which is one of the reasons we took a break. Yeah. Um, January 21st. Yeah. Um, is when he passed away. Um, so, yeah. We and can. For those of you listening, we already had our grandfather, yes. both Theodore and, and my grandfather, um, pass away. So, this is Theodore's other grandfather who passed away. Less than a year, nine months to the day. Exactly. Nine months to the day, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it was the it was April twenty first mm -hmm. for Papa Teddy. Yes, so we're gonna tribute uh, this one to Papa Dan. Yeah, and um, it, it has been since October twenty first. Okay, was our last release <laughs> the twenty first. Yes. Um, so in honor of my grandfather, we're gonna talk about the M one Garand just a little bit. Yes, not gonna do like a, a in depth. I think we'll it. devote an episode to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to kind of catch everybody up on uh, what else has been going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's been a lot. Um, kind of just to keep it brief, obviously we lost Papa Dan, um, or Theodore lost Papa Dan. Uh, and uh, uh, I also became a father during that time. Um, Which to, everybody knows about. Yeah, everybody does know about. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, don't worry, I don't. there's no other ones that I know of yet. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Nicole hasn't told me if, if there are. Um, and then obviously COVID-19, um, as everybody knows and is well aware of now, the coronavirus has kind of put a damper on everything. Everything, yes. Um, and so that kind of affected things, especially just because for, uh, I would say, probably the first three or four months, um, you know, it was like we weren't really sure how how uh, volatile the virus was. So yes. it's like, do you, do we hang out? Do we meet? Yeah. Do we, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it was definitely a, a weird, that, that definitely shut a lot of things down too for a while for us. And then we've also had some, uh, job transitions, um, as well. So, yes. Um, some, all, all good stuff, but, um, obviously it creates, uh, stress, <laughs> stress, timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been pretty busy. Yeah, so um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Theodore, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions this episode because yes. obviously we're going to be focusing on um, your your grandfather. And uh, and so I have a lot of really uh, cool questions that I think you can really just uh, share some great memories and, and some good stories and, and even some advice and things like that. Um, okay. And yeah. Okay, so while you read a little bit about Jack Daniels, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pour us uh, the way Papa Dan used to drink it. Okay. I'm excited. Which is Jack Daniels straight okay. with just a little bit of water. Okay. I have a fun fact about that, but I'll share it after I, I read on this here okay. real quick. So today's whiskey is Jack Daniels Old Number 7. So just as, as most people know it, uh, just Jack Daniels. Um, so this is the description from the Jack Daniels website. It is mellowed drop by drop through 10 feet 
of sugar, maple, charcoal, then matured in handcrafted barrels of our own making. Uh, and our Tennessee whiskey doesn't follow a calendar. It's only ready when our tasters say it is. We judge it by the way it looks, by its aroma, and of course the way it tastes. It's how Jack Daniel himself did it over a century ago and how we still do it today. Um, so the tasting notes from Master of Malt say that the nose is light with plenty of sweetness. There are hints of dry spice and oily nuts with a touch of smoke. The palate is quite smooth and soft with notes of banana. Oh, banana milkshake, sorry. <laughs> uh, a mixed nut note and a touch of caramel with creme anglaise. <laughs> whatever that know, is. Bro. Whatever that is. Some, something French. Um, and then the finish is sweet with a little cereal sweetness and toasty oak. I'm gonna I'm gonna sip some water here and just to cleanse the palate. I will say Jack Daniels has a unique smell. Um, Jack Daniels always smells like Jack Daniels, regardless yes. of what uh, level of Jack Daniels you're drinking. So yeah, whether it's single barrel or gentleman Jack, it always even smells even their like Jack um, and I'm not a fan of their honey, but like their honey. Um, whiskey, and then I know they've done like a cinnamon and I think like an apple or something. Even with that, um, I guess it would be like that fake syrupy kind yeah. of like extra flavor to it. You still smell Jack Daniels. And here's another crazy thing. I order a Jack and Coke fairly often or uh -huh. I'll make one at home and there is a distinct smell that comes off of a Jack and Coke that is even more so in my opinion, like, oh, that is a Jack and Coke yeah. versus a bourbon and Coke or a mm -hmm. whiskey and Coke or anything. I agree. It's just, there's something about it. And you just, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's the vanilla in the Coke just really, or not like the vanilla, but um, whatever that base, like yeah. kind of sweet flavor of the Coke really brings it out. So cheers, cheers. to Papa Dan. Papa Dan, uh, let me know how you like um, Jack and water. Well, oh, that is, that is awesome. <laughs> it's really good. Smooths it out a lot. So the fun fact that I had about that is Jack and water was one of my drinks in college. Okay. <laughs> so for me, I, I in college, um, when I was just first getting into sipping whiskeys and things like that, I didn't have a lot of money. Obviously, I was a poor, starving college student. Actually, mm -hmm. I wasn't starving. I yeah. had a ton of food. Um, but – you know, to go out and buy uh, a fifty-dollar bottle, or or even you know, even a forty or thirty-dollar bottle, to me is like, well, I don't really know much about whiskey. I don't want to spend that much, so I would go out and buy all the things that I had seen, you know, in bars and and you know, people drink. And I always knew of a Jack and Coke and Jack Daniels, and so I'd, I bought a lot of Jim Beam and Jack Daniels. And uh, Jim Beam I would usually mix with Coke, and then the Jack I actually liked it straight. Um, or on the rocks, but I loved it when it would melt down. Um, and then I started realizing, well, if I just add a little bit of water to it, it has that watered down flavor yeah. without the, the overwhelming coolness of ice. Mm -hmm. it, it, to me personally, I don't really like ice in my, in just Jack Daniel straight. Yeah. I don't mind it. It's a little, it, it makes it a little too sharp for me. Okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, everybody likes what they like. Um, so. Jack Daniel's for me, was actually the first whiskey I would drink. And um, my grandfather always had Jack Daniels, always at the house. And it was um, it was kind of like an ongoing joke growing up. And, and the thing is, is that I didn't realize uh, it was a joke until I got older. Um, he would always have a, um, a bottle of Jack Daniels outside. And he would, um, 
he would he would have it like just out like in the patio or something and uh and he would look at it and he'd go man do you see that bottle over there and and i mean me being like nine or ten and i go yeah he goes it just keeps on evaporating and I'd look, and I, and then like the next day you'd look, and I was like, oh man, it is evaporating. It's lower than it was before. And uh, you know, being young, I didn't realize, yeah. you know, that he was, you know, drinking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would always uh, joke around like that. And then that I, is awesome. As he got older, he would still use that joke, but um, I caught on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can't pull that one past past you anymore. That is awesome. Yeah, I never heard that. He would always say that, and it was pretty hilarious. That. I gotta start using. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he was just so serious. Like, hey, you see that? It's evaporating. I can't believe it. Well, and it, and it's not like a beer or something where you're gonna drink the whole thing. No, you know, you're only gonna have a glass, maybe two, and like little by little by little, it goes down. Yeah, you know? he he was a beer drinker for the most part. Well, I shouldn't say for the most part because it's like beer and Jack Daniels. But he, Jack Daniels, is definitely um, just a chill drink for him. It wasn't like something that he would take shot after shot or right, drink after right, drink of. Right. It was like maybe one or two a day. Yeah. Like maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like at the end of the night too after a good meal or something. Yeah. That, you know, and that's always good. I, I think for me, Jack Daniels, there's something about it. Oh, that is so good. Um, there's something about it that to me it's just like that is – that's the whiskey that, that just – like it's like it feels like home to me yeah like when i take a drink of that it's like oh man that's like i don't know how to explain it because i don't get that feeling when i drink like i used to love dr pepper when i was uh -huh. younger now my thing is like coke zero like whatever you know you have yeah. your drink that like you just drink a lot of i love uh like a lot of the iced teas or raspberry teas like when i drink that stuff i don't really think like oh man like that that just like warms me up inside and it gives yeah. me a good feeling like when I when I have that sip of Jack Daniels, it takes me back to like a cold winter night studying for you know like an exam uh -huh. in college and having <laughs> having a glass of Jack Daniels. It's just there's something about it, you know. Yeah, and and for me, I mean, it just reminds me of my grandfather. It, yeah, and it always has. Yeah, um, because that's pretty much the only hard liquor I would ever see him drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, we would take shots. Um, as I got more into whiskeys, uh, he, you know, he'd come over the house and he'd try different ones. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, he liked him. Yeah. But uh, he would never buy anything different. I feel like Papa Teddy was the same way, too. Mm -hmm. um, he, I feel like, you know, he would always try whatever and, oh, that's good, you know. But to him, it was always uh, his red wine. Yeah. And, and his, his uh, I think he, well, I know he drank a lot of Bud Light and Budweiser. Yeah, he had his, his favorites for his sure. His favorites. And, but I do know um, every Christmas, I feel like it was either, it might have actually been your, your grandpa, your Papa Dan, that would have a bottle of Jack Daniels or something sometime around that time because I remember grandpa would, would – Papa Teddy would uh, would have a drink with uh -huh. your dad or you yeah. know, oh, Uncle yeah. Reuben or something. For the something. most part, it, and I, I seen both of them drink uh, Jack Daniels together. Yeah. Oh, um, that's, and that is awesome. seen both of them drink uh, Budweiser's together too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually really crazy how, how close they were. Yeah. They and were, we, were we'll, we'll get to that obviously but um, – do you notice anything, obviously, like on the the nose, the palate, the finish, anything that 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 was pointed out um, that you recognize, or any or anything uh, specific that you notice? Oh, you just hear smell the spice. That, that's def mostly what I get. And I, I don't know if that's what I think the uniqueness is. For me, it, yeah, the the spice, the yeah. this it, it has like, like dried that, fruit a little bit. Yeah, and I I I know that this is common with whiskeys. Um, I get the uh vanilla and caramels uh, that's yeah I, my palate definitely tastes mm -hmm. and pulls For out sure. more of that 
Um, the banana milkshake is interesting. Um, I don't think I would have ever placed that. Yeah, not me. Um, but I feel like I could kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. Because you have that caramely flavor and mm -hmm. it's sweet, so it kind of gives it like a malted, like milkshakey. I, I mean, I get where they're coming from. I don't know that I quite taste it, but it definitely. Uh, when I read that, I was like, no, no, there's no way. And then now after tasting it, I wonder too, like, if you were to say, oh, you taste this or that, you know, some of these these whiskey or wine sommeliers or whatever, they're like, oh, you taste this, and now yeah. all of a sudden in your brain, that's all you can think about. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Well, too. I think it definitely does. Um, just reading any notes on a whiskey, because you're you're starting you're looking for that. That yeah, you know I guess I mean? it's true. Once you start looking for it, then oftentimes you can find it. Um, but yeah, to me, the the finish has always been easy on Jack Daniels. I mean, I guess if you're taking a shot of it or doing something like that, it can burn a little bit going down. But um, to me, I feel like uh, Jack Daniels is just even at the base level, the, the just the base Jack Daniels, what we're having tonight. Mm -hmm. Old number it, seven. It is so good. Yeah. It's just it's good. I don't know what it is. I mean, and it's cheap, too, for what it is as well. Yeah, I think for um, for me, I mean, people that have listened to this know that my like everyday favorite is probably like a Maker's 46. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know if I like Jack Daniels old number seven over Maker's Mark. Um, but I think I might. I don't know. Because um, the Maker's 46, I definitely like better than Gentleman Jack. Yes. But I would say like the old number seven, I don't know. There's just, there's something that kind of like nostalgia maybe that kind of brings me. For me, to I would go it. Jack Daniels over Maker any day. Okay. Regular Makers. Yeah. Makers 46 over Gentleman Jack, but single barrel <laughs> overall. Okay. That's just that's just me. Single barrel for me has a, just a little bit more flavor than the Makers 46, and that's, that's what draws me to the single barrel. Okay. Although I would like to try the Sinatra Select at some point. Oh, yeah. I would like to try that too. Yeah. I think it's like 120 a bottle. Yeah. We might so have to. We'll, we'll have to save a little bit for yeah, that one. Yeah. I don't know, man. We might have to spring for it though. <laughs> we, might, we might have to have a good occasion though. Yeah. But anyways, um, let's just go through some unique facts here that I was able to dig up on Jack Daniels, which is really cool that we're doing such a popular um, whiskey because there's just so much stuff and history oh, behind yeah. it. Um, so Jack Daniels is obviously a Tennessee sour mash whiskey and not a bourbon, bourbon as commonly <laughs> referred to. Yeah. Most people think that it's a bourbon. It's just like every other whiskey out there, but it's actually a Tennessee sour mash. Yes. It's and it's made, made – bourbon, bourbon County? It's not. Um, and it's not even made in the same style. Yeah. When they drain it through that 10 feet of sugar maple charcoal, that is actually completely different than the bourbon um, – the, the way that they do mm -hmm. the distilling of bourbon. Which is pretty crazy. So here's another like weird fun fact. This was actually on Jack Daniel's website. So I'm going to read this. This is quoted from their website. Okay. In 1907, Dr. Lyman Kelber of the Bureau of Chemistry and Soils was dispatched to the southern United States. It was here that he found that a proprietor of a soda fountain um, located near a military base was serving cola to soldiers who then mixed it with Jack. Uh, Dr. Kelber's report on this exceptional use of soda was the first documented mention of a Jack and Cola. In 1907? Yes. <laughs> Jack and Cokes go way back, huh? Uh, yes. It's Although it wasn't a Coke back then. It was just a Cola. Right. When was Coca-Cola? Um, I, I don't know. 
Oh, it might have been, but it, yeah, it might have yeah. been. But I mean, at that point, uh, uh, but people mix it with any kind of cola. I mean, Coke. Yeah, Coca Cola. No matter what, in my opinion, is the best way to drink it. It is even a Coke Zero for me now. Like, has the, anybody ever ordered a Jack and Pepsi? <laughs> Come on, bro. Oh man, I can't. I I would love to see the day when a when a restaurant goes. Oh, um, can I have a Jack and Coke? The restaurant, uh, the waiter goes. Uh, is Pepsi okay? Like, uh, no. no. Yeah. Then um, just bring me the Jack, please. <laughs> Jack uh, with a little bit of water. Seriously. Um, on that note, though, of the 1907 and it being old, Jack Daniels is the oldest registered distillery in America. There are some distilleries that claim to be older, but there is no registry um, for any others prior to Jack Daniels. And I want to say it was in 18, 1866 or something of that. That uh, I, you know, I must have messed up. I did not put the year down. Interesting. Did not put the year down. Come on, yeah, bro. Yeah, right. Rookie mistake. Yeah, that's right. You can Google it, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just they say it is the oldest registered distillery. So um, another cool, interesting fact about Jack Daniels and where it was made is that Lynchburg, Tennessee, in Moore County, um, is a dry county. <laughs> Wait, so they make it in a dry county? They do. It is made in a dry county. However, now the current county law allows the sale of commemorative bottles of Jack Daniels, and one can take part in a sampling tour at the distillery. Okay. It also is now possible to sample wine, rum, vodka, whiskey, and other uh, hard alcohols in shops where it is distilled on the premises. Okay. So you can't go anywhere outside of that. And apparently in that county, and this sounds like it was recent, beer is also available at local food establishment when served with food. Wow. Yeah, but it's a dry county. That's crazy. Yeah, you can't drink it in that county. You have to literally go to the county line, which is – it's so funny because like in California, that's not a thing, right? Yeah. But you always hear – well, you don't because you don't listen to country music. But you always hear <laughs> in country music about going to the county line bar yeah. or the county bar. And it's like what does that even mean? And then when I started researching it a little bit more, I, I think I had learned this a while back and just really didn't mm -hmm. think about it. But yeah, the, the county line bars, they have bars. Like the same thing when you go into Nevada. The gambling is right on state line there. Yeah. It's right on the county line. They'll have a bar sitting right there so you can go in and, and drink and then go home. To be fair, though, their counties are way smaller over there. I want to say there's like 95 counties in Tennessee when I was looking at the map. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any idea how many are in California? I don't. I, but, I would assume it's probably like 50. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't know. And they're huge, though. And we have probably three, four, or five times the size of Tennessee, yeah. like in landmass, too. So um, to me, it seems like counties are, are very small over there. So maybe that makes it a little easier for them to have, like, dry counties or... 58 counties is a good guess, bro. Oh, cool. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I guess I'm better than I thought. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, one of the other uh, fun facts that I came up with, I think... Uh, you might have a, a few more about Papa Dan, but um, Frank Sinatra was actually buried with a bottle of Jack Daniels and supposedly a pack of cigarettes and a lighter, but mainly the Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, Jack Daniels is extremely famous in the rock and country music genres, but it was also big with guys like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, all those. Frank Sinatra obviously was like Jack Daniels guy, um, which is why they have the Sinatra mm -hmm. select bottle that you can purchase. Um, that's, that's actually modeled off of like an older style of distilling and stuff like that. So, 
Um, it's uh, it's that's that to me. That's always crazy that he is like the guy, like Jack Daniels yeah. guy. Like he's the guy for Jack Daniels. But I know that there's a ton of um, a ton of uh, uh, like rock stars that drank uh, Jack Daniels, and it's oh, yeah. it's like in every country song. I feel like yeah, Jack Daniels is is definitely super popular. Probably the most popular whiskey that I can think of, other than Jim Beam. Yeah, I would say yeah, definitely. Um, I, but I think well, I think Jack Daniels is more popular than Jim Beam. I'm just saying, I think Jim Beam is, is yeah, Jim like, Beam's up there. Yeah, uh, but I think Jim Beam is the most popular bourbon. I would say definitely the most popular bourbon. But I think it's um, kind of boosted a little bit from the younger generation. Yeah, um, like maybe like my age and down. I think the older guys kind of were all about Jack Daniels, and mm-hmm. I think. Uh, a lot of the younger guys that I know drink Jim Beam, and maybe the price point's a little bit cheaper. It is a little cheaper, but the other cool thing about Jim Beam is um, they they were one of the first whiskey companies to kind of start marketing to people our age. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, they've brought in young young actors and actresses. Um, like I think Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis does Jim Beam, and she does like the Devil's Cut, which is like their affordable sipping whiskey. Yeah, and that's the other thing. That's kind of I think why I was attracted to Jim Beam in college as well, is because it was like, okay, you have Jack Daniels, and you know that, and that's tried and true. But Jim Beam is kind of nice because it's at a lower price point. But I could also buy a sipping whiskey that doesn't break the bank either. I want to say this. Their devil's cut is only like twenty bucks or something like that, and it's it's surprisingly pretty good. So I don't know, bro. We'll have to try it. I'm not a big Jim Beam fan, but I mean, yeah, we'll try it. Yeah, um, I've always, I don't know, I never seen my grandpa drink Jim Beam, although <laughs> I don't doubt that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, do you have any any uh, any other Jack Daniel stories in relation to Papa Dan? Well, I I know the story that he told me on why he started drinking Jack Daniels. Okay. And um, apparently, I don't know how old he was. I would imagine his early 20s probably, maybe when he was in the military um, because he was a Marine, as many people already know. Um, He, I guess, was reading this detective novel. And uh, every time, I guess, the detective was, you know, in a pinch or something, he'd go back to his office and he'd have himself a glass of Jack Daniels. And my grandpa never heard of it. And he's like, really? Yeah, what, what is it? What is he, you know... What does he keep on drinking? Why does he go back? And so he actually went to a store to look for it and found it, <laughs> and uh, he fell in love with it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He had never heard of it. He had never heard of it. That's hard to believe. I mean, like, I, I get it, but it's just, like, it's so, I feel like even as a kid, I knew what old number seven was. You yeah. Know? But, I mean, you figure you're um, in more of an advertising age. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, uh, so I don't exactly know his age, so if it was pre-military, it'd be. Probably in the military is, you know, where he would have heard of it. Yeah. And if it was just pre-military, then, you know, maybe uh, maybe he would never heard of it. I mean. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is such a cool story. A to- totally different time. Well, you know? and, and, yeah. And I mean, you, you got to think about it. I guess nowadays we're inundated. Even, even in the 90s, we were inundated with TV commercials. Mm-hmm. And every restaurant you went into had TVs. And, you know, like you're seeing advertising all day long. And now it's on our phones. It's on our, our smartwatches. It's on our laptops. It's. Heck, it's even on our, you know, Xboxes and gaming consoles now. You can't turn on something without having ads all over it, yeah. you know? And so um, I guess, yeah, back in the day, those uh, the, those marketing gurus were probably very important, more so than they are now. Yeah, and um, that just goes to show you, like, putting 
things in a book. <laughs> like, I don't know, who knows if Jack Daniels sponsored that or, you know, to get it mentioned in that book, but it definitely worked. Well, and I mean, just based on what I know of that time period, um, you know, I have to think about, too, the other thing would be like, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like modern day TV now. They put, they put, uh, Heineken in in, yeah. uh, in James Bond in the, all the new 007 movies, right? And Heineken sells shot up for like when for that sure. when that movie came out. The, I think it was Skyfall is the one where where he drinks Heineken. Um, and now it's just like they place stuff in in different things. And so yeah, you're right. Everything from the a, cars they drive, right, uh, right, to yeah. you know certain. I was just watching wear, the so. one of the Jurassic Park ones, and it's all Mercedes Benz, you know. Yeah. And everything in there is Mercedes Benz, and it's like, oh wow, that's, <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. But I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's I didn't I did not know that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, and he he told me that story multiple times. Yeah, I thought that was uh, always really interesting. I guess yeah, it would. Uh, you know, if you're in a bind and you can't you can't get a good lead on the case, you got to sit back and have a glass and clear your mind, and and then uh, hopefully it'll come to you. So, well, um, let's get to the main topic. Obviously, we we've already kind of segued into it with with Papa Dan, but tell tell us about Papa Dan. What was uh, what was what was he like? Um, and and just maybe like start out with just kind of his family history that what you know of, and then and then maybe obviously you know the family history that you experienced. Um, like, well, family history, I don't know, um, very much about his family history. I know, um, you know, he grew up uh, in East LA. Um, his dad, uh, was a baker and, um, he was destined to be a baker. That's what his dad wanted him to be. He, he used to work, uh, they used to, he used to, they used to work for a company, um, that made bread for like restaurants and stuff. And, um, I remember him telling me stories when he was, young that he used to be embarrassed when he'd go to school uh, because he'd have his sandwiches made like on baker's bread which probably some of those kids would love to have right but since he was you know going to school in uh i guess east l.a was uh, mostly white back then hmm. um they had their nice weber's bread and he used to be embarrassed uh yeah. you know to pull his sandwiches out or or he'd be embarrassed because his mom would make uh, like burritos you yeah. know um, and I remember him telling me that he would he would trade with a, with the other kids. Yeah. Um, and the other kids would be all excited, you know, that they would get a burrito and he just wanted like a regular sandwich, uh, sandwich on regular bread. Um, but yeah, that's uh, kind of like basically his his childhood, and then he or you know him his his younger uh, younger self. But then he joined the military. He always liked um, sheet metal. Uh, he I guess took a, like a class in high school uh, for sheet metal. Yeah, and he he uh, really liked it and excelled. Yeah. Um. So I think that's when he noticed he didn't want to be a baker anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. Then he joined the the Marine Corps, and um. I think the Marine Corps kind of shaped his whole personality. Yeah. Uh. Because Marines are intense, man. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Yes, they are. Um. And I we I think we've discussed this topic of, um, you know, my Papa Teddy being in the Navy, and I don't remember him talking. He talked about the military, um, but not the same way that Papa Dan talked about the military. Right. Um, it was like a part of him. Yes. You know what I mean? It was like a big part of him. Yes. You know, he identified as being a Marine um, his whole life. Right. You know, 
<laughs> you know, and you ask, like, if, if he was a ex-Marine, and he'd always say, there's no such thing as an ex-Marine. There's live Marines and dead Marines. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was a, a huge part. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, that's uh, uh, that's pretty much um, that. You know, he did a service, and then he um, got out of the service. He was an uh, airplane mechanic in the Marines, um, served in uh, Korea, uh, carried an M1 Garand. There you go. Uh, that was the uh, the big thing because um, I don't know a lot, but I know the Marine Corps gets a standard issue rifle. Yes. And not every other service does. Definitely not. <laughs> so he always used to tell me about um, one of his best friends growing up was in the Air Force, um, and you know he they'd come to visit, and you know he'd have his M1. Uh, in his closet or you know in his locker right and they'd be like oh man they gave you a you know a rifle all uh, surprised like yeah you know that's, that's that's how we do it over here <laughs> right right yeah because in the marines you're an infantry man first yes and then whatever your job is second mm -hmm. you know for him a mechanic an then, airplane right? mechanic yeah, airplane yeah mechanic second yeah yeah um and then when he got out of the marine corps he became sheet metal mechanic okay um you know that's pretty much what he did until he retired yeah um, he did a lot of uh, he worked, used to work for a company called Trailer Coach Metals where they did uh, uh, trailers oh cool um, I believe his uh, like owner of that business um, like patented like the corrugated uh, metal that you see on uh, on trailers like almost up till now oh like those Connex boxes that have that like kind of yeah yeah okay um, yeah that you know gave it strength and stuff yeah yeah um, yeah, those are pretty pretty popular That's awesome. in Almani. I guess Almani was like the trailer capital of the world at oh. some point. <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, he built his own trailer. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he liked to go out camping and kind of like all the stuff we like to do, you know. Okay. Uh, definitely liked to fish. Definitely liked going to the Sierras. Yeah. Um, wasn't really a hunter. Um, but, yeah. Um, and uh, other than that, I mean, he loved uh, woodworking. Okay. Used to build a lot of things. Um, yeah. Uh, he was definitely one stop that I would uh, make a visit every time I bought a gun. Yeah. Yeah, because he was super interested in yeah. how they worked. Even though he was not a big gun guy after the military, he he was very into the M1. You know, that yes. was his thing. Um, that actually a story of uh, my uncle, his son. Uh -huh. um, he had gotten an M1 from uh, one of his Marine buddies, and he took it over. Uh, to my grandpa and my grandpa disassembled the whole thing and my uh, my uncle he kind of like freaked out he goes like what'd you do why'd you do that yeah um, but yeah he put that thing back together yeah you know? yeah but yeah it's just well uh, I, I think you have a m1 an m1 story uh with papa dan right yes i and actually we might be able to post some of those pictures i i uh, got an m1 for him a couple years ago yes yeah i found one at a pawn shop yeah um, and I bought it, and we gave it to him on uh, the Marine Corps' birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, he was uh, pretty excited. Yeah. He, he, he has his original bayonet that, for some reason, um, he must have forgotten it in his sea bag when he came back from overseas, and he just kept it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely more relaxed back in those days. Yeah. He said that he wished he would have forgotten his M1 in his sea bag also. You know what's but funny is I've heard stories of guys coming back oh, from yeah. World War II with their rifles. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was one of those things where they had to purchase some 
because um, I read some account. I've read a lot of documentaries on World War II. I, I don't know about Korea other than what Papa Teddy has shared with us and, and what Papa Dan has mm-hmm. kind of shared with you and, and stuff. Um, but I do remember reading in one of the documentaries that they were charging like I mean, it was like next to nothing, like yeah. ten bucks, and you could take your your M1 home. Though, yeah, the word, the, what he told me, and I don't know, uh, but he said it was it would have cost him like eighty dollars, which back then, yes, was probably, a lot. yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah, huh? Okay, um, and it was also my understanding that he had a uh, a loaded uh, clip too. Yes, near the bed. Yeah, he always had a he had a loaded clip. <laughs> uh, in his last couple of years, he was definitely well protected. That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah, is that so thing cool. ready to go. That is a uh, that is that is my my style, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, he um, he loved that thing. Yeah, uh, my grandma would always say, "Oh, you know, he he gets that thing, and he takes it apart, and he cleans it, and then he puts it yeah. back together." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so then so then obviously, I mean, even though he wasn't like a big hunting guy. Or a big gun guy after the military. Him and Papa Teddy had a very similar kind of love for the things that, you know, like Papa Teddy's all big on the big hunting shotguns. Mm-hmm. That was his thing. Papa Dan's big thing is the M1. The Both M1. Both of them had that. Um, he was also into military um, weapons, like historical military weapons. Okay. Too. He has a lot of books. Okay. Um, yeah, and my my uncle would buy him books. I bought him uh, books like on the history of the Marine Corps. Okay. Um, one thing that he loved, and uh, when he got older, we got him like a Chromebook. Yeah. And taught him to look up like um, the uh, uh, what do you call those where they you know do the the M1 twirling the oh yeah like um, Honor Guard yeah Honor Guard like he that. loved watching that and yeah. I, he even had old VHS tapes of of those things that he would yeah. order yeah um i mean because yeah he loved it he loved yeah. to see the march and he loved to see uh the perfection that the marines see and that showed a, I, I i you know obviously i haven't served and you haven't served but with all of the guys that i've known that have served right in all the different branches i feel like marines are the only ones that are proud of how clean a unit looks walking down mm-hmm. a parade field. You know what it's I mean? It's very, like, very important. Yeah. And and even from my, my short stint in the academy, we were trained to march in unison and in file and do all of that and doing about face and be able to, uh, I don't forget what it was called, but you'd have to diagonally cut between each other and change mm-hmm. ranks. And it was, I mean, it was intense. And that's without carrying a rifle, without carrying a pack. That's just in a, a, a you know, a law enforcement uniform. And it was still tough. <laughs> <laughs> so the so I get that like that the appreciation for and in my opinion it's almost like an art form. Oh, it is. Yeah, because you tra- you have to train for hours. Like, even just for the academy, we were training for two, three, four hours after we were mm-hmm. done for the day on just marching. It's crazy, you know. Because then if you march in the next morning and you're not doing it right, you're down on the ground doing push-ups. Yeah, which I'm sure was his experience as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> You do anything wrong, you're doing push-ups. Um, but that's that's really cool because, you know, like you said, Papa Teddy talked about his time in, in the Navy, but it wasn't – I don't think he ever looked at at things in that same light. Like, oh, I, I want to see this Navy thing or that or, you know. Yeah. I know he had a few war movies that he really appreciated mm-hmm. because sure. of his time um, over there. But obviously not like Papa Dan was not only the love for – his experience there, but also the love for the core. They had definitely the love for the core, and not only not only with him is it's. Uh, I mean, he had a mechanic um, that he took his car to just randomly and uh, 
found out the mechanic was a marine. Uh-huh. And man, I mean, they were they were just like, like brothers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy the brotherhood that runs through the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really awesome to see. Even, um, you know, as he's in his 80s and you know meeting someone that's like you know 19 or 20 that's a Marine, right. it you treat him with just the same respect. You know, they're brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really cool to yeah. watch that because I've seen some of my buddies too talking mm-hmm. with some, you know, older older gentlemen and even you know my father in law was in the army and saw pretty pretty crazy combat in in vietnam um and it's just it's a very different i get a very different vibe from from him from papa teddy from these other guys and then you talk talk to a marine whether they saw combat whether they were behind the lines whether they were you know back just as a cook or or an airplane Mm -hmm. mechanic or something they all have this sense of camaraderie that was built around the fact that they went through something unbelievable in boot camp <laughs> it, uh, it was definitely tough and the funny thing is as my grandpa got older he he turned into the guy that was like oh you know they don't make them like they used to yeah you know, like oh back in my day kind of you know they weren't allowed to uh now you're not allowed to, to say certain things and you know i mean i have buddies that are that are in their early 30s late 20s kind of in that area and they're already saying oh they don't make them like they used to <laughs> these 18 year olds coming out aren't as good as i was and I'm like, yeah. What about the guys from 50 years ago, man? You're you're really not anything. <laughs> no, they're all awesome, and we appreciate all the service. But so here's kind of a funny um, Papa Dan story that I experienced quite a bit, um, okay. and all of his grandkids, for the most part, did. Um, was the um, the thing? The funny thing is, when I was younger, like with the whiskey bottle evaporating, I believed, I believed him. Right. But every time we'd walk, we'd we'd drive by a marine recruiting station. He'd always tell me, "Look, go in there, and you tell them I sent you, and they'll sign you right up." And I thought, man, you know, my Papa Dan is like, like known. Like I, I thought if I went in there and I told them his name, that they would know who he was. <laughs> but you know, just the way he would always say it. You know, he was always trying to to nudge me towards uh, yeah. you know being a marine. Yeah. But you know, I was a little asthmatic. Uh, <laughs> weak yeah. little kid you know yeah i think the joke in that though is that no matter whose name you said they would yeah. sign you up <laughs> they would sign me up 100 <laughs> oh we got a live one <laughs> um uh, that's... but yeah uh, up until uh you know my little cousin daniel yeah and, you know he he did uh finally get a great granddaughter and now a great grandson that will be in the uh join the marines but the, the daughter's in there now that's awesome um so yes you know, actually he, he, i recall at, the, at his funeral, mm-hmm. um, that she stood up. Yeah, she stood. Watch. Yeah, final what watch. Call it? Final watch. Uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But yeah, something of that nature. Yeah, she stood um, in front of his casket for the funeral. That was, that was really awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm glad she was able to do it because I know that would have meant a lot to him and a lot to her too. You know. Yeah. Because it, it like I said, it's it's a unbreakable bond that these uh, Marines have with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Well. Let's talk a little bit about um, we've you know talked about his his time in in the Marines, but let's talk about him as an outdoorsman because I've seen a lot of pictures of him out mm-hmm. fishing. Um, there's also a really cool one of him with Papa Teddy, yeah, uh, that I I love, um, you know. But I've seen a ton of him up in you know I don't know if it's the Sierras and things like that. What kind of an outdoorsman was he, and how did that 
um, shape you kind of specifically towards because we talk a lot maybe not so much about fishing on the podcast we, we probably should yeah um, but you know about hunting about you know being just being in the outdoors and you know we've done outdoor first aid we've done a lot of that type of stuff what what kind of an outdoorsman was popping in um, he was more of a um, like a relaxing outdoorsman he was you know he liked to be out there and kick back. He liked to, you know, have his pole in the water. Yeah. You know, maybe have a, a beer or two. Yeah. And and kick back. You know, I love he, it. he wasn't like a competitive fisherman. He wasn't trying to catch the biggest fish. <laughs> uh, he would let you know if he caught it though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah. but for the most part, I think he he just liked to be outside. Right. You know. And yeah. So it was more for a love of the outdoors rather than the sport. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that definitely shaped uh, my outdoor experience because. Um, you know, like for chucker hunting, I'm not really concerned about uh, shooting the most or you know any of that. I just like to be out there, right? And um, you know, fishing too. I don't, I don't even really fish that much. Uh, when I go out, we, I go fishing a lot, but you know, I just go out there and I like to kick back. Yeah, um, yeah. You can definitely tell. I mean, even I noticed that in you when we go out, and and I'm sure you can tell. I have all of Papa Teddy, uh, yeah. his blood <laughs> running through my veins when it comes to that, and and so does my dad. We just, it's like, we got to get the bird. We got to, like, it's, if we go out and we get skunked, you know, I, I love the outdoors. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, my dad does too. We have that huge appreciation. And so does your dad and, um, and stuff too. Mm -hmm. But we, I think uh, the three of us and, and possibly your brother as well, uh, the four of us have that very competitive, yes. like, Biggest fish, first fish, most best fish, fish yeah. most fish. Dollar like, for the first fish. Like, yeah, yeah let's, let's put money down on it. Like if, you know, whoever gets the first one has to clean it. Like yeah. it's always just like it's, there's always some kind of stakes yep. on it. It can't ever just be like, let's just go out and enjoy ourselves. Let's go out and hang out, yeah. Um, it's starting to get more that way now that um, now that Papa Teddy's gone for me. And yeah. I think probably um, my dad has definitely been more of the outdoorsman than I have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I love that. I love that you can go out. And that you learn that from your Papa Dan, this, yeah. this just appreciation of nature mm -hmm. and the appreciation of being able to just relax. Yeah. And yeah, he's the one that kind of taught me like, that's what we're out. I'm out here to relax. Right. You know. Because uh, you really are. If I'm going to be catching fish, I <laughs> can't relax. Right. And you know, he liked to catch fish. Yeah. Um, wasn't a big fan of eating the fish, but you yeah. know, uh, he just liked, liked to be out there. Yeah. You know, um, fishing story though. Um, if you would have known my Papa Dan in his later years, yeah. he'd had, he had one fishing story that he loved to tell, uh -huh. and it was about me. Okay. <laughs> we went to Big Bear one time, and um, everybody had cast it out, and uh, it was my Papa Dan, uh, my uncle, me, and might have been somebody else. Might have been one of our listeners from uh, Arizona, Oh, okay. to be honest. Okay. But um, anyway... I went to cast and I shot, I, I mean, I threw the cast a mile, it seemed like. That thing was spooling line and it was going way, way out there. We're all looking, hey, where's this thing going to land, man? And bloop, it landed about five feet in front of me. I casted that thing almost straight up. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and my Papa Dan could not get enough of that. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> It's like, it's like something you would see like on a uh, like a YouTube video yeah. or something, you know. It was it was just one of those things. I mean, we, it's funny because it caught us all. We were all like, "Man, look at that cast! That yeah. thing must have been a it must be all the way across the the, the the lake," you know. Yeah, 
That's and, <laughs> nope. It was about five feet in front of me. I had to reel that thing back in a recast. <laughs> that's one of those ones where you got to hold the line so it doesn't <laughs> tangle up on itself. Oh man, that's awesome. Uh, okay. But yeah, he loved to tell that story because okay. uh, he thought that was hilarious. Uh, did he do much camping? Um, yeah, he did. Like I said, he bought. He had built himself a, a trailer. The trailer. Yeah. And then um, I remember them having a uh, camper shell, like one of those big. Back in the like yeah. 70s camper shells yeah. that go on the back of the bed of your truck. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like overhangs the, on top of your bed, you know. Like a true thing. camper yeah. shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I know like, you know, just for my mom, they would, um, their style, and maybe I got I got this from him too, but their style of camping was, hey, let's go camping. Where? I don't know. Let's just drive north. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then you end up like in Klamath Falls or. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, just, they said it was just like. Um, and maybe my mom just being a kid and not not knowing, not knowing that they might have had a destination. Yeah, but it, it was kind of like she she does say that she remembers them just like pulling over and and putting the map on top of the hood and kind of like figuring, okay, well let's just go this way and ending up in like in Bryce Canyon. Or, well, I know like KOA camps and stuff like that. I think were bigger back then, or like you know where you could join like an a, like an association mm-hmm. and there were campgrounds that that were marked, you know, on maps and stuff, but. That's so cool. You know, I've always talked about wanting to do something like that. Yeah. Whether it's camping or just even a vacation where you just say, we're going to go this way or do, yeah. you know, we're going to travel going up the north. state. <laughs> go north. Yeah. And wherever we end up is where we end up. And yeah. hopefully we find a room. I know or, Oregon's up know. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is really cool. I've yeah. always wanted to do something like that. But that's awesome. Yeah. and, and But I also get that from my Papa Teddy who was very um, uh, adventurous that way. He loved exploring yeah. Um, so, you know, it's probably from both sides because I love that. I love just driving and I wonder where this road goes. All right, let's go. You yeah, know, was, was, goes. did Papa Dan do that? Because I, I know you, you and I both shared stories of Papa Teddy literally just like, let's go fishing and then we don't even fish. You just, yeah, you just, just drive. drive. Around. Yeah, you just drive around and then you maybe get out, throw your line in for a little bit and then you're driving around again. Um, was Papa Dan that way? Um, I never went with him like that. Okay. You know, every time we had went, it was like a, a destination. destination. We would yeah. go to, to Mammoth and stuff, um, Big Bear, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, but from what I hear, yeah. And, okay. you know, when he was younger, it was yeah. just, like I said, that's that's kind of like the way they camped. They kind of just went out there and, all right, we're going to go camping. Okay. Let's camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to camp here tonight, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know he liked to do deep sea fishing too. Did he really? Yeah. Which okay. is one thing I, I never did. Yeah, I have not done that yet. Either. Yeah. I've done shore fishing before. Okay. Um, uh, like on, on the ocean? Uh, yeah, on the ocean. Um, in fact, I went on a day, I think when it was, I had taken my fishing pole on a day when I was going to go surfing. The surf was a little too big and just kind of stood out there in my wetsuit and just shore fished. And, um, but never deep sea. I know they also liked uh, Salt and Sea. Uh, really? Yeah. He and his, his buddy would go out there and and uh, fish for, I don't know, I don't know what kind of fish T- were tilapia in Tilapia is what I know is washing up on shore right now. Um, it was something else. I, okay. I, he told me the name of it and I completely Corvina? forgot. Uh, yeah, I might have been. Yeah. That, okay. sounds, that sounds like it. Okay. I think they had like spines and stuff on them. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I don't think that there's a whole lot in there anymore, but back yeah. in the day it used to be Yeah, back in the cool. days when uh, it was hap- the happen in place. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So then let's let's uh, let's kind of talk. Um, I, I know you mentioned he was a craftsman, so let's talk about that, and then also kind of just any any other interesting kind of facts that you have about Papa Dan. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as being a craftsman, he just he loved uh, building things, 
as he got older and, um, you know, he wasn't able to work, uh, my brother starting his own business uh, would come to my, my Papa Dan a lot and, and kind of just, like, have him work him through, like, mental problems that he was having, like, maybe, like, how he should set up the shop. And, and you would just see, like, the gears turning. Like, right. I mean, his face would light up. Um, you're talking about a guy who, who was in um, severe back pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, towards the end of his life. I mean, it was like, all right, let's go out to the garage and, you know, yeah. like, I got paper here and let's draw this out, you know. Yeah. Anytime you can get him to think he loved it. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way he was. Yeah. Um, you know, if you – craftsman is such a good word because even in his job, I mean, he was a sheet metal mechanic. Um, till his dying day, you know, we found a bunch of, like, folded up cardboard, you know, that he would fold into shapes. I mean, yeah. anything to keep his mind going – that's awesome. Um, but yeah, the wood, woodworking uh, was definitely a passion of his. Yeah. <laughs> you figure, you know, you're bending sheet metal all week. The last thing you want to do is be out in your garage, you know, doing projects. But yeah, he he loved it. Yeah. Yeah, he loved, you know, I, mean, I know a lot, like, you know, my mom's got a hutch Yeah. Uh, that he made. You know, my grandma's got a lot of stuff in her house that was made by him. Yeah. Uh, you know, cabinets, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I know people that have bars in their house that were made by him. I mean, <laughs> um Fun fact, though, with uh, the sheet metal is the company that he worked for um, built a lot of the grills that in that are used at In and Outs. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Which because they're those flat top yeah. sheet metal flat grills. top sheet metal. The whole like desk yeah. or the uh, working space is pretty yeah. much sheet metal. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. So yeah, I love just... In and Out too. So, <laughs> to know that your uh, Papa Dan's company had a hand in all that. That's really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, and then growing up, um, I kind of told this story uh, at his funeral where, you know, my, like, I guess my, I don't know, work ethic or whatever, but, uh, you know, he kind of like molded us, my brother the same way, where, you know, we would have to, if we wanted some extra money, he would always say, like, come well, come over and, you know, do some work over here and, you know, I'll pay you. And okay, we go over there and, you know, he'd make me bring my social security card. Yeah. He'd make me fill out a time card. You know, we'd have to fill out our brakes and and do everything like that. I mean, obviously, you know, our brakes were a little longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. Lunch was a couple hours, you know. Yeah. But he put us to work, you know. We, yeah. He had a pool. We cleaned the pool. Um, just whatever he needed. Yeah. And, you know, it was not because he needed our help, but he was going to show us. Yeah, it was you know, training you up. Um, what it's like, you yeah. know, to put in a full day's work. That is such good experience too. And I've yeah. always, I've always said that they should have a course like that in high school mm -hmm. that kids have to go through that, that teaches them something like that. Yeah. And so the fact that your Papa Dan was able to kind of provide that mm -hmm. for you is, is really cool. Yeah. Just be on time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have coffee break at this time. Yeah. And of course, you know, he'd have something special for coffee break, you know? Right. Right. And you know, uh, my grandma used to, fun fact about my grandma, she used to let me drink coffee when I was young. Uh -huh. Although it was pretty much just milk and sugar and maybe like a little splash of coffee. <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess last but not least, uh, you know, how, and I think we've kind of covered this, but how has Papa Dan's legacy, in your opinion, shaped and influenced you? And more specifically, how has his legacy shaped and influenced you in the topics that we talk about and that we cover here on Smoke the Podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much answered it. Yeah. You know, his his influence has, I guess, definitely made, uh, made me kind of appreciate nature for what it is. Right. Um, kind of like, you know, make me, uh, especially with like the hunting and stuff. Yeah. 
you know, just kind of enjoy being out there. Right. You know, that's that's the big thing. Because um, you do so much walking and you kind of like, you got to appreciate the fact that you're seeing something that few people are, yeah. are seeing, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, when you climb up to the top of that hill, it, it, you know, even I think about it, like so, like the places that we go, they're not trails, you know? People climb up hills all day. Yeah. But these hills are hills that a lot, not a lot of people climb up. If you anyone. Know, if anyone, yeah. And, you, and you're up there and you're kind of like, you know, if you can take a moment and just be live in the moment, you know? Right. That's, uh, I think that's something that we can all kind of yeah. kind of learn from, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just take a time to look around, you know, and just appreciate where you are and right. what you're doing. Right. Um, one of the other things, and this is going to be uh, something different, is... You know, uh, my, my papa Dan taught me a lot about how to deal with, like, adversity. Okay. Um, and one thing he would always laugh about is, uh, like, if you complain that it was hot, he would always just, just look at me and he'd go, you know what? If you're hot, just think of a cool place. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when I was young, I was like, well, I don't even know what you mean. But, you know, it's just get your mind off of it, you know? Right. Um, Right. And that's kind of like the, what he did with a lot of things, you know, yeah. you're, like I said, you were talking about a guy who was in pain for a lot of his life. Yeah. And, you know, he had to figure out ways to, uh, to be away from that, you know? Right. And yeah. That is true too. Cause there've been times where we've gone hunting or like we've been out in the outdoors and you, you know, you always think of like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go hunting. It's going to be a great day out there. But sometimes it is. It's brutally yeah. hot. It's brutally cold. You're getting yeah. eaten alive by mosquitoes. Or, yeah. I'm not in well, shape to be walking up this mountain. Yeah, that. Yeah. Or, man, I've, you know, dove hunting. Sometimes it's like I've fired so many rounds, my shoulder's starting to hurt. Or, yeah. you know, you break some equipment or you forget something. And it's like, it's that. It's, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, that dealing with adversity and then always resorting back to, like, hey, we're out here. We're not at work. Mm -hmm. It's a day off. You know, like the worst the worst thing that happened is that, you know, I'm tired or I'm hot. Like it's still better than any day in the office. You know, that's, <laughs> that's really, that's really awesome. Yeah. And I, I, maybe we should have started with that legacy question. Cause I do think that you, you really, really, um, were able to kind of talk to that and everything. One of the things that I kind of took away from it that, that you kind of shared that I love, um, and it, and it could just be a Marine specific thing, but having known your Papa Dan as, as you know, as I grew up as well and seen him at, at family get togethers and stuff, he seemed like a very methodical man. And very, so the fact that he could take apart and disassemble an M1 Garand after so many, like so many years mm -hmm. later and, and do all that and can handle that to me is kind of an inspiration that I can't sometimes like when I first got my 1911 taking that field stripping that thing and then you're sitting there like wait how does this thing yeah. get back together you know yeah we're watching youtube videos yeah like even building uh my ar-15 we're sitting there watching the videos of how to do everything and it's just like had had your papa dan grown up with an ar-15 he would have been like oh here's how you do yeah. it you know and that that to me is amazing to know your your tool your weapon system that well yes i mean it's that's awesome Yes, and you're you're talking about a guy that in his 80s can read can tell you how much it weighed. Yeah. How many lines and grooves? I mean, he knew everything about that weapon. Yeah. Everything. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Um it <laughs> I had to memorize a speech for the Glock 22. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you any of it. <laughs> I know it holds 16 plus 1. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. 
Yeah, but I had to know the weight, loaded, unloaded. Yeah, the, how many grooves were in it and how many lands were in the barrel. And yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, the um, other thing too that I probably didn't mention about his service, which was one big thing that he talked about a lot, was um, he did make expert riflemen mm. uh, in the Marines. And um, I think about that now. When I was younger, I didn't appreciate it as much because I wasn't, uh, I didn't shoot, you know, I didn't shoot guns until I was probably in my teens. Yeah. And then it was only pistols. I didn't shoot rifles until, you know, I was much older, um, in my late 20s probably. Right. Um, so to to put um, 10, I think, what do you put, 8 out of 10 rounds uh, at 300 yards? Yeah, it's a, it's a long distance. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. With iron sights? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... Um, and you have to... Uh, to my understanding, you have to do it under whatever conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, weather conditions? Yeah. Um, I think he I think he had said he had good weather conditions. Okay. Um, and I think it was... Because it was 10 rounds, so I think it was 2 prone and uh, ten and 8 standing. Because I know you 2 prone, you pop the, the clip. Yeah. Because you load 2 and 1. Yeah. Um, you know, clip pops out, you load your other ones and you shoot your other eight. Yeah. Um, and, um, when he told that story, he was, uh, he said that everybody's targets came up except for his. And, um, he thought that he really messed up <laughs> because his didn't pop back up. And he's like, oh man, I must've missed everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I guess as time went on, he was kind of like, well, what's going on? He's like, oh, they're waiting for verification. And uh, then when his popped up, he was like, whoa. Uh, I guess he, like, outshot some of the higher-ranked uh, nice. people in the, That's awesome. <laughs> at the time. That's really But cool. that was one of the stories he's very, very proud of. He's told, he told that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard all of his Marine stories uh, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, Marines are proud. They, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of them. And, yeah, he loved, he loved to talk about it. That's awesome. And it's funny, though, because he would always tell me, well, I hope it didn't bore you too much with my stories. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like yeah, we I know we, we had talked about this with Papa Teddy. It's like you want to hear him again. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... Yeah. You just got to... You know, once I jog my memory, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah. And you know so many yep. details because yeah. I've heard them so many times. Yeah. But I always enjoyed hearing them. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for sharing... Um, about Papa Dan and obviously uh, that was that was tough um, watching you go go through that yeah that was a, definitely a tough one um, I would say the difference with uh, Papa Teddy is um, I think Papa Teddy's health had deteriorated to the point where um, you know to see him go was more of a relief yeah uh, where my Papa Dan's was a little more unexpected it, it, yeah it was yeah, yeah absolutely um, so that one was, t it's, it's tough to get over, you know, it's even tough for me to talk about it today, but, um, you know, it, it's just something that you got to go through and yeah. it's part of life, you yeah. know, um, the way I kind of always thought about it is kind of the way he thought about it was, it's better for me to see him go than for him to see me go. Right. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, he had told me that before where it's like, yeah, you know, uh, if, 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 you know. If he sees me go, something went wrong. Yeah. You know, if I see him go, it's normal. Yeah. Especially at his at his age, you know. Yeah. He lived a very uh, full life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and obviously that that kind of is one of the one of the reasons we we did take a break from smoking yeah. podcast for sure. 
Um, one of the other reasons, obviously, was I became a dad mm-hmm. in December. Um, that one was unexpected as far as her due date being so much sooner than it because it was, I think she was supposed to be born on the 23rd okay. or something. And then she was born much earlier in the month. Um, the date doesn't matter. Yeah. Opsec. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Madison. Once you're looking up medical records, guys. Yes, yeah, right? Madison. Um, uh, darling little angel. <laughs> she she really is. She's she's adorable. Um, but just a quick update. We'll actually cover more about her in our in our episode on on COVID and stuff because um, we're going to talk about that in this this uh, next, next episode coming episode. So we'll have more time more to talk about just life how life has been. Um, we figured we probably want to do two kind of full episodes. Yeah. Of just that. So, um, but just just so you guys all know, she's she's grown big. Uh, quickly, yes. She, I see her make what, like maybe once a month. Yeah, about. And man, every time you see her, it's like not only is she growing like in size, but you can just tell um, she's like so much more interested in things. It's cool. Yeah, she's super alert. She's almost walking. Um, we we have taken her camping. We took her uh, beach camping, and then we stayed in a trailer up in the Sierras, which she, was really cool. Has she got her first quail yet? Uh, she's not gotten she her first not. quail okay. yet. No. Um, and then we also took moving, her to moving slow with her. Huh? Yeah, we also <laughs> took her to uh, Montana as well, oh, and we, we flew man. over there and everything too. And so that was pretty crazy taking a ten month old on an airplane and everything. She did amazing. It was it was crazy. Um, loves uh, animals a lot, so I can see that in her already. Yeah, that she's just like a huge animal lover. She really loves flowers too, like and the outdoors. She loves being outside. So. There's That's already cool. at ten months. I'm already seeing like this huge influence um, of both you know Nicole and I being outdoorsmen and mm-hmm. and, and like having this style of life um, that she's already very much attuned. Uh, yeah, to. that's awesome. I, I I seen it with I showed her a picture of a, a cat on my phone and man, her face lit up. Yeah, yeah. Anytime <laughs> there's a dog or a cat yeah. or anything um, on TV or something, she gets very interested and. Um, even with, uh, you know, obviously our, our two dogs and our cat and, um, anytime we go out and walk around the neighborhood, I mean, she just like lights up. So, um, she's obviously going to be a little outdoors woman, um, which is really cool. She loved camping, loves being in the outdoors. So, so that's awesome. Um, another reason why I kind of took a huge step back from, um, the podcast was the first five months she was colicky. So we had a lot of late nights, a lot mm-hmm. of crying, a lot of getting up at all hours of the night. I've never heard her cry. Oh my gosh, Teddy, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> never heard her cry. I don't know. Oh man. Um, she seems perfect. Yeah. So the first, to be fair though, the first five months were definitely tough. It was a huge learning curve for, mm-hmm. for myself and, and for Nicole as well. Um, and then Nicole's been in school, so yeah. it's just been, it's been just busy. been a really rough time, um, as far as just trying to sit down and come up with content. Um, uh, but we're, we're super happy to be back. And, and with all that kind of being said, I think, uh, we're good to kind of end this one and, um, we'll hopefully, hopefully be churning these out a little, little sooner than a year in between <laughs> each one. Right. We definitely will. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So like I said, we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, some other stuff on the next one, like COVID and how that's affected the guns and yeah, all that stuff. And some of our uh, job, just some job updates yeah. with us and, and uh, uh, more about Madison and Madison and maybe some uh, openers. Oh, quail opener. That's quail a big opener, one. Opener. Yes, I have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So stay um, tuned, everybody. Well, yeah, we thank you guys as always for uh, for those of you sticking with us. We appreciate it. 
Um, we know it's been a while, but we're, we're super happy to be back. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. All so, right, guys. Uh, this is uh, Smoke the Podcast signing off. Thank you. Have a good night.